0: Happy New Year, current family. We hope you're having a wonderful break. As is our tradition, we are online only this morning to give our teams a well-deserved rest after Christmas. And we'll be back in person at the Computer History Museum next week at 10 a.m. We're going to take a couple of minutes for a New Year devotional from the book of Luke this morning to center our hearts and our minds with worship. And then we'll watch a fun recap slideshow of our current community in 2022 together. We see so many ways that God went before us this last year, and we're eager to see what he has in store for us as a community in 2023. It's also been very busy our area is very busy. Maybe your break has felt more hurried than you would have liked it to be, or you're already finding yourself anticipating the expectations of Q1, of returning to the rhythms of school and work and all the things we punted to 2023. Jesus had times where he was busy too. And there's a lot we can learn from him on how he made space for what was important when the expectations of others would start to crowd in let's take a look together. We're in the book of Luke chapter eight, verses 40 to 56 this morning. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, "'Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace.'" While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. "'Your daughter is dead,' he said. "'Don't bother the teacher anymore.'" Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, "'Don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed.'" When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. The first thing we see in this passage is Jesus is returning from a trip. He had just been across the lake healing a demon-possessed man, and he had to travel back from there. You know how it feels to return from a trip. It can feel tiring to come back from travels, both physically and emotionally. We see in verse 40 that immediately Jesus is met with crowds as he returns. And not just a lot of people, but people with expectations. They've been waiting for him. We're literally told that the crowds almost crush him. It was busy. The weight of expectations are very real in every sense. Is anyone feeling like this going into 2023? Jesus is both fully human and fully God. He feels all these things as we do, but he's also perfect in his discernment of what to do next when met with crushing expectations and an unrelenting schedule. And there's a lot we can learn from how he makes space for what is most important. First, Jesus makes space by being open to diversion. Efficiency and meeting the expectations of the crowd are not the most important priorities to him. Throughout this passage, people are rushing at him with the urgency of their requests, very real needs. Jesus allows himself to be diverted from his plans for the day, not once, but twice. First, with the request of this religious leader named Jairus who asks him to come heal his daughter who is dying. Note that Jesus diverts himself to go in person, even though we've already seen at this point in his ministry that he has the ability to heal from a distance. He did that for the centurion's servant in the previous chapter. There's something significant about his decision to go in person with Jairus. And then he is diverted a second time while on his way to the home of this important public leader when he comes across this woman who has been bleeding for 12 years. We see how people around Jesus throughout this passage have a strong need for him to hurry, to move as efficiently as possible, but he repeatedly, intentionally slows the roll and doesn't allow their urgency to impact what he understands to be most important in that moment. He insists on the diversion to be present with this woman, asking twice in verses 45 and 46, who touched him? This is significant for a few different reasons. In that culture and at that time, this woman's constant hemorrhaging would have made her ceremonially unclean and an outcast in society, which means that her touching anyone, much less Jesus, was a big no-no. Jesus stops, disrupts this urgent trip to heal a dying little girl, and waits for this woman to publicly acknowledge her healing, even though the passage says that she had already been physically healed. The healing was instant when she touched his cloak and the bleeding stopped. Jesus could have just let it go and efficiently moved on to the home of Jairus, this much more important person in the eyes of society, the way the crowds expected him to. But no, he stopped and waited for this woman to engage. It seems clear from the passage that Jesus wanted this woman to publicly declare her faith to testify, such that it would not just be physical healing, but social healing, so she would no longer be an outcast, and of course, spiritual healing, which is ultimately the most important. He took the time here because her healing had the opportunity to bring healing to others as well. Jesus knew that this moment was not just for this woman, and he had to push past some misunderstanding and public expectation in order to allow the ministry to happen. Not only with the crowds and important people, but even with his own disciple, Peter, who doesn't understand what Jesus is doing. Verse 45, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. In other words, why are you asking who touched you? Everyone is touching you. Jesus' ways and his timing can feel confusing to us sometimes, even when we're really close to him. Watching Jesus stop to engage this woman was undoubtedly deeply painful for Jairus when he knew his daughter was dying. It probably felt so inefficient, and even maybe like Jesus didn't care about him or his daughter. But Jesus' timing is always purposeful, even when it doesn't meet our expectations which flows into our next learning, which is that Jesus is intentional about who is involved in each healing moment. We see in this passage that there is a time for public testimony and a time for intimate ministry. With the woman in verses 45 and 46, he pushes past the expectations of the crowd to create a moment for public declaration of her faith. In the presence of all the people, he's able to tell her daughter, your faith has healed you. He asked this woman to do something publicly that was difficult and probably quite mortifying but he does it intentionally out of love for her, as we've already talked about, so that she would not only be healed physically and spiritually, but no longer be a social outcast. And he does this intentionally for the sake of others in the crowd. It's hard to imagine that this moment doesn't impact the faith of the many who witness it, including Jairus, who's walking with Jesus in this moment. It's very possible that Jesus wants a social outcast to model faith to this important religious leader, leading him to spiritual healing as well. If you're anything like me, doing things that push against the crowd's expectations can be difficult, especially when we don't feel clarity on why we are pushing against the current. There is a strong current here in the Silicon Valley to find our worth in our hustle, in our success, in what we can accomplish. Our church is named current because we believe Jesus offers us living water and another way. A way that's open to disruption, to doing things that on the surface may not meet social expectations. Like stopping once a week to prioritize communal worship, to serve the Lord together with others, making space for the well-being of our souls. It can all run pretty counter to society's expectations. In verse 51, Jesus again pushes against the crowd's expectations, this time fencing them outside the home of Jairus and outside this little girl's room, only allowing Peter, John, and James to come in, along with the child's mother and father. Jesus is intentional in this moment about the intimacy needed for the ministry that's about to happen. Jesus knows our hearts and is intentional about each moment. Healing doesn't always look a certain way. Jesus is more than able to meet each of us where we are. Whether we've been waiting 12 years for healing, desperate because we've spent everything we have, and then get to see Jesus heal us in an instant, on the spot. Or we're in a position of power and privilege like Jairus, desperate in our own way because our precious 12-year-old only child is dying and our faith is stretched and formed as we're forced to wait for Jesus to help someone else first. Jesus knows you and me and all our unique life situations, all that we're struggling with today, where our faith needs to be formed, and he's meeting us right where we each uniquely are. Our job is to reach out to him in faith, to not be afraid and believe, as Jesus exhorts Jairus in verse 50. It says in verse 46 that Jesus perceives power has gone out of him when the woman touches him and is healed. If the crowd was all pushing up against him, what can we conclude is different about this woman's touch? I think we see that it's not enough just to run into Jesus. We have to intentionally reach out in faith. Maybe you've come to church a few times with friends or you've run into Jesus quite a bit by hanging out with people that follow him or hearing about him in different ways, but you've never reached out personally in faith to him directly. You can do that even today by praying, talking to him on your own. Lord, help me in my unbelief, in my brokenness. I know that only you and what you've done on the cross can make me whole. This is how we start a relationship with Jesus. Reach out and touch him in faith. This passage is so rich, but just one more observation for today about how Jesus makes space in the midst of crushing expectations by encouraging us to be present in our relationships in the moment. In verse 55, right after Jesus heals this little girl and she stands up, comes back to life, note what Jesus does next with her parents. He tells them to give her something to eat. You would think that in this moment, when they're amazed and their faith is at such a formative point, he might exhort Jairus to proclaim to his whole synagogue that Jesus is the son of God and that we should all give our lives to telling everyone about him something really impactful like that, right? Because it would be impactful and we are called to do that. But no, Jesus has them feed their daughter to be present to her in the moment. Sometimes the Lord gives us big plans, big vision, big dreams, but even when he does, he's not asking us to do it all right away. It's important to him that we're present to the relationships in front of us. And what's happening here, In this moment, as we look to 2023, what does it look like to be more present today in faith for me, for us? Is there an area of our life where we can be more open to disruption today, this week, to have more trust in God's intentional timing that he's forming us and those around us in ways beyond what we can see? Looking back, I wish I had taken more lunches away from my desk at my first couple jobs after college. I would often grab my lunch and eat at my desk, jamming through my work so that I could get out, so that I could do more, be more efficient. When I look back, I can't help but think how many deeper relationships I missed out on by doing that. As a parent, if I put down my phone for just 30 minutes a night to be fully present with my kids, that's over 15 hours a month and 183 hours a year of conversation, cuddles, jokes that I am fully present for. In the last chapter of his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, John Mark Comer makes a list of suggestions for cultivating the spiritual discipline of presence, patience, waiting. Let me share some of them with you because I guarantee a few will sound pretty ridiculous. By sharing these, I'm not advocating that we need to do all these things. They're just ideas meant to challenge and confront our assumptions. But perhaps one of them might be your thing to do in 2023. Number one, drive the speed limit. Number two, get into the slow lane when you're on the freeway. Number three, come to a full stop at stop signs. Number four, show up 10 minutes early for an appointment without your phone and just wait. Five, get in the longest checkout line at the grocery store. This one sounded like lunacy to me. I tried it, it was really hard. Number six, parent your phone, put it to bed before you and make it sleep in. Keep it off until you've had time to pray and spend time with God in the morning. Seven, set times for email don't do email constantly throughout the day eight set a time and a time limit for social media nine kill your tv or limit your entertainment intake ten plan a long vacation longer than a weekend and even a week number 11 take a regular day to be alone for silence and solitude 12 take up journaling 13, cook your own food and eat at home. 14, walk slower. Wait for people who don't walk as fast as you. Again, these are not meant to be prescriptive. They're descriptive ideas to challenge our defaults, to help us practice the spiritual discipline of presence. Is there an area of our lives where we can be more intentional about being present starting today? Together, I want to ask the Holy Spirit for help to be more present in our everyday and available to the ways he is prompting us toward relationship, toward offering his spiritual healing and what really matters to those around us. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for being present with us today. Thank you for being willing to be disrupted to come down to earth and to offer, to offer eternal hope to us, to offer the opportunity to be made whole, to be healed. Lord, would you help us in 2023 to trust your intentional timing in our lives, to trust you for healing in our lives and the lives of those we love? Would you teach us in your own patient way, how to be more present to the relationships in our lives, to be more present even today, this week. We love you, it's in your strong name we pray, amen. Enjoy this fun slideshow that our amazing team put together and we can't wait to see you back at the Computer History Museum next Sunday as we kick off 2023 together. Happy New Year, Current Family.